likes going to the grocery store. You have to pick up the car, head to the store, shop amongst the COVID-y masses, stand in line for hours at checkout, then drive all the way back home only to have to lug your groceries into the house. Well, what if you were able to get all your groceries delivered right to your door with savings up to 50% off of the big guys? Brian, your Thrive Market order has arrived. Thrive Market is one of the top grocery store alternatives on the market featuring hundreds of products for specific diets and lifestyles. So, you eating paleo or Whole30 or you living that keto life? Perhaps you have celiacs like yours truly and you want some gluten-free options that actually taste good. Side note, Thrive literally has one of the best gluten-free pizza crusts I've ever had. Literally have it every single week. And here's what's even better. Not only do all orders over $49 get free shipping, but members of the Brian Nichols Show audience get 20% off their first order. Plus, get one month of their Thrive membership for free. So head over to the show notes and click the link for your exclusive Thrive Market offer and start skipping the grocery store today. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. (laughs) Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Monday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining on today's very special an important episode, an episode, it's a little more, I don't say dark by any stretch of the imagination, but more so something that we need to talk about and something that really hasn't been talked about. And that's what's happening over in Myanmar. Now, I'm not sure if you folks have found yourself scrolling through the interwebs and being like, I know something's happening going on over in, in Myanmar. What, what What is happening? What is going on? And you really haven't been able to find maybe too much information, right? So let's go ahead and talk to some folks who actually know what's going on, who actually have some friends, family, live on the ground experiencing what's happening firsthand. So today we have a roundtable discussion. A good friend from college, Weya, is joining us along with some friends, Janjan and Nine, talking about, yes, exactly what is happening in Myanmar right now. And I think it's a great conversation, especially for us in the liberty world, to enter into saying, hey, we can help. We have solutions in place that can be of great value to helping avoid not only this rate or rather fix what's happening in Myanmar, but also avoid this from happening in the future. So thank you uh, to the uh, the awesome roundtable discussion here. So that being said, on to the show, Weya, Nine, and Jan Jan here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Ryan. Absolutely. Team, thank you for, for joining us. What are we here today to talk about? Myanmar and Burma. Now, let's kind of set the stage. Wei and I go way back, uh, good old college friends, and, and he had posted some some very shocking images that I had not seen, and it was people raising up awareness to what's happening over in what is Myanmar and uh, otherwise known as Burma, correct? And, and what we're seeing right now is a complete, really, breakdown of the political system and I don't think it's being talked about, and it needs to be talked about. I, in in what's really disappointing, I'm coming from more of the greater libertarian circles, which are very focused on limiting foreign intervention, trying to help uh, raise up awareness of whenever you have these really awful authoritarian examples of of you know, really the monopoly on force being used against people. So let's kind of set the stage here, guys. I don't I don't want to try and paint a picture where I, I think you guys could easily paint it more effectively than I could. So let's kind of do jump ball here, and I'll say between the, the three of you, you have a, a wealth of experience. But before we start, how about this? 
Weya, Janjan, Nine, let's do a quick introduction and then we'll set the stage here to the, the, the Myanmar and Burma situation. I can start. Like, Hello everyone, my name is Weya and I really appreciate Brian for having us here. Yeah, we go way back to Almira College. I'm currently in West Virginia going to school and I met um, Janjan and Nine at one of the most recent um, protests that was held in Washington, D.C. from Myanmar. I'll go next. So my name is Nine. I'm with the Freedom Justice Equality Movement Group here in the D.C. metro area. We also have a ground team in Yangon in the uh, city of in city in Burma. And, you know, we do we work in conjunction with them to start protests and bring in supplies and things like that. And right now I'm a third year junior at the um, University of Maryland. Yeah, um, and I'm Jen Jen. Um, I'm a Kitchen American student activist and advocate with Action Corps, um, which is a grassroots organization, and also STAND, the student-led movement to end mass atrocities, as well as Kitchen Alliance, and now uh, GM4MD, which stands for Global Movement for Myanmar Democracy. Um, it's an organization that just came up out um, in response to this February first coup. Um, so it's very recent. Um, we just you know propped up shop, but we have uh, members from all over the diaspora in many countries all over the world. So um, yeah, it's a broad reach and we've done so much so far um, and I'm just really happy to be here. So thank you for having us. Absolutely. Well, all three of you have a great resume, especially um, you know, with your age. I'm, I'm astonished to see how much you've already accomplished, especially you, Jan Jan, like what, four organizations that you just casually have been a part of. So how about this? Let's, let's start off setting the stage about the topic at hand. And this is probably something I would say, what, 90% of people don't know is happening, which is horrifying to me. So I think it's important to almost start off with a, a you know, what basically biography of what's happening here. So um, jump ball in terms of setting the stage. What is, I, I, number one, what is this conversation of how we got to the point where we had the, the uh, uh, February 1st coup? And, and then number two, how we've gotten to the point now where we've seen, I think it was like latest number 700 or so civilians who have been who've been killed by the uh, the military. So jump ball in terms of who wants to help set the stage here for us. Of course, I guess began and then uh, Jinjan and I could definitely they have more knowledge than I do for sure. So from what I know is um, it started on February 1st where the military took over like the governmental power. Like so that was like post-election where people have been democratically elected. All those elected individuals, including the government officials, such as the president and the chancellor and a lot of um, parliament's members were detained the night of February 1st. And then they declare a military coup. And then they're saying that the, um, the voting voter, they were saying voter frauds and they wanted to um, make sure that the, uh, you know, they just came up with excuses as to just take power from like, legally elected individuals and that's when it started and then uh, you know majority of the Burmese people who voted for the elected individuals they were like not going to stand for it, especially the young people so they have decided to bring it to the street and protest peacefully and it all has always been a peaceful protest and uh, the aggression and the um violence was started by the military who they just started shooting first it started with um water they just like those like hosing people down and then they start using rubber bullets and then to the point where it's real bullets they are raiding into houses and just killing just for the sake of killing wow yep. and go ahead nine sorry yes yeah. please thank you yeah so so these the, the military so this is what we're dealing with we're dealing with people that are using live ammunition on peaceful protesters and 
you know, these are the sort of people that can look down the scope of their guns and then see a face of a 17-year-old girl and decide to pull the trigger. So, you know, to set the stage, back in November of 2020, the NLD party, the National League for Democracy, won a landslide victory in the elections. Over 80% of the population, or 80% of the voting population voted for them. And on February 1st, like Weya said, they decided, the military decided to do a coup and uh, instill martial law and promise that there will be elections the next year. But the people weren't having it because the democracy in Burma is so young and so fragile that, you know, any sort of disruption could just eliminate all the progress that's been gained by the people and the, by the NLD party. Gotcha. Yeah. And Jenna, do you have anything else you'd like to add? I mean, I think Weya and I pretty much summed it up uh, very nicely. Um, I think the only thing is maybe we need to emphasize who this military is. You know, um, I think it's easy for like any common person who doesn't really know much about Burma to just be like, oh, you know, it's just another military coup. It's over an election fraud, um, et cetera. But it's really just it's not even about just an election fraud. This is something that is about freedom and democracy and literally just about persecution of ethnic minorities over decades, like seven decades, 70, actually, sorry, seven decades. Yes. 70 plus years. And um, people have had enough of this at this moment. So it's really more than just um, a military coup that's, you know, taken over. It's more of a revolution at this point, you know, where people are so fed up. Um, It's almost been a century. And there's so many other underlying causes that are at hand um, that are happening right now that a lot of people maybe don't know much about or tend to gloss over. And um, I just want to let people know that this is actually just a hot topic issue, you know, but there's so much more. It's like an iceberg. This is just the thing that we see at the surface, but it's really been a, a lot of, you know, years of social issues just going on way behind this, you know, even before this. Um, and yeah, like the, the people we're dealing with here is a military, the Myanmar military, and they have been known to be very violent. Um, and they literally just shoot and they, they will not even care. Like they're really isolated from society um, to the point that they, they just live in their own reality. They really don't see what's happening. And they truly do think that they are protecting the will of the people um, by being out on the streets, which is pretty ironic. But um yeah, I just want to also touch upon that. Maybe we can do that a little bit more in, in this call, but um, who are we dealing with? It's it's really like this psychotic, you know, really brainwashed military that has uh, been a system in place for many years now that has gone with impunity, um, killing civilians, you know, le- left unchecked. Um, and it's, it's really crazy that, you know, things have come to the way they have right now in this manner. But um, at the same time, there's also another thing that I'd like to highlight, which is um, the ethnic unity that has come about of this, you know, as a result of this military coup. It's something that um, has never been seen before. It's unprecedented. Um, so for that reason, we really do, a lot of people, you know, not just us in the diaspora, but a lot of people even on the ground and everywhere else, friends of Myanmar, we're all so hopeful that this revolution will actually prevail and will have um, success in the end. Wow. I definitely agree. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Sorry. Wait, I, I mean, I, just really yeah. quick. Wow. That's a lot because I think your average person hears that. And this is probably the first time that they're hearing this information, which th- this is why we're doing this, right? This is mm-hmm. a story that people need to be hearing. And I'm so thankful that it is the younger generations who are really leading this charge. Because when you look at what's and Jen, Jen you, you laid this out perfectly. It, it is the military. And what does the military ultimately have? And we, we all know and we learn this, right? Monopolies are bad. But what do they have? The monopoly on violence. In this case, they have the guns and they're pointing them in right at the civilians. And it's it's heartbreaking because these are supposed to be the people who are in, enforcing the will 
of the people, not turning their guns against the people. So it, I think it is very important for us to really acknowledge, and I'm saying this to Americans particularly who listen to this program, that you know this isn't something that is just you know pie in the sky stuff that happens in movies. This is happening right now, and it's in, uh, impacting real people. So wait, I didn't mean to inter- interrupt you, bud. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let you uh, go ahead and continue forward. Well, not at all. It's like I was just saying, like I definitely agree with Jen Jen because this this kind of thing have happened in Burma, like in in the past multiple times. You know, where the military don't get their way and they take it over, and then you know, and people just stay quiet. But this is this is what we're seeing. Like this, we're a new thing where all the we have so many minority ethnic minority in Burma. We have like over. We were just talking about it yesterday. We have over like seventy different languages that we don't even. I don't even. I don't even. I'm not even aware of. Like so. Jen Jen herself, she is Kachin, and Nine is one of the, um, she's half Rakhine. I'm, I'm full Burmese, but like, you know, where there's so many um, different type of individual, different type of languages in Burma, this, but this is the first time in history where all of us are coming together to say, stop, we've had enough of it. Because like they've been targeting many different ethnic groups at different time in different locations. And now everyone is coming together to say like, hey, sorry, like this is our, like our voice matter, like all of our voice together matters. And it's great that, like, honestly, when I went to the um, the protest for the first time in D.C., I was, like, awed to see all these young people. Like, even Jen Jen and I, they're younger than us, uh, Brian. So when I met them, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, I I mean, I they know so much more than I do, and I'm just, like, like stunned by that. And people who are leading these protests in Burma, too, are young people. That's why it is so heartbreaking for me to see all these young people dying. Like, these, like the youngest person that died, like, who was leading a protest in Burma was, like, 15 years old. Like, that just incredible like it's i unthink of it just i don't know you know just yeah for me to be here like another thing we talked about last night for us to be here we have that um survivor guilt you know in in a way where like we're like wow like if we were there right now you know we would not just sit around we we will still protest we'll go on the street and we'll make sure that the voice of our voice and our family's voice will be heard and you know we will be in the same situation of these people like what are we to just sit here and do nothing no, yeah, hold and, on really quick, and I want to make sure we're setting this, the, the record straight. You guys are not doing nothing, because even just you coming on the show today is is so monumental in terms of helping raise up the awareness for this, way. because, I mean, this otherwise, the government over in Myanmar would have such a control from the narrative, and you guys have a chance right now to use a platform like this to reach tens of thousands of people to, to tell the truth, to say what's actually happening. And this is something that 15, 20, 30 years ago would be completely inconceivable. But now we're starting to see this change really take off because it is the, the younger generations who, as technology starts to advance and becomes more status quo, and we start to Absolutely. see the exponential advancements, it's like, well goodness, now we can communicate and hey, if Elon Musk has his way, we're going to be having this conversation in our brains sooner or later. So, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. What were you, uh, what were you going to continue forward? Sorry. No, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. This is not the first time a military coup has happened. It happened once in 1962. It happened again in 1988 when my parents were in college. But this time around, it's different because the people that the military are dealing with are young, vibrant, tech-savvy you know, people, they're not going to stand around for anything. Like I, you know, when I see the protests, you know, the protesters, they have their homemade shields, you know, really savvy and witty. My parents, when they were at the protest, they didn't have any of that, you know? So it's just like little things like that. And, you know, like Weo was saying, talking about, you know, survivors guilt. I saw a video when the coup started of um two kids, they were dragged out of their homes and then they were beaten, you know, like animals 
for supposedly breaking curfew. And those kids lived five doors down from my house in Burma. So, you know, us here in America, we can easily say, like, that could have been us. You know, they're targeting, like, you know, people that are like us, you know, people who are, you know, young and energetic. And, you know, they want this young democracy to continue to go. So... I'm curious, and I don't mean to make this a, a political, like a, a political issue charge, but we see this in America a lot, where people are like, "Well, why do you need a Second Amendment?" And then I'm like, "Look what's happening right now." Do you think that that might be an issue with the populace not being able to defend themselves against the government? I'm I'm not sure, honestly. I think that um, Burma has a very like rich history of being nonviolent and very peaceful people in general. Like like Min was uh, was saying, sorry. Um, you know, these kind of protests happen in the past and then they've always been peaceful and like they've never gone beyond, you know, what they need to protest themselves. They've they've never like gone out and like harm some people in order to protect themselves. They've always been like you know, like they're making shields, you know, they they're doing sit ins and stuff like that. Um and like I for me, like I don't ever want to get to the point where like, you know, both parties are dying. You know what I mean? It's just like, I want, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, maybe I'm just like, world peace, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I will say though that um, the National Unity Government or maybe it was a CRPH, uh, which stands for the Committee Representing um, Parliamentary House. Um, it's it's the interim government that's been propped up right now. And they actually have uh, come out with a statement, you know, telling civilians that you do have the right to bear arms and protect yourself. So wow. um, in defense, you know, and yeah. that definitely raised a lot of eyebrows, um, you know, and a lot of questions about is this the right path to be taking or not, you know, because at this point, it also does tie into like questions about uh, nonviolent protesting, you know, how much effect does that hold you know and how much longer can you uh, you know put up with that and like um are the people going to be able to you know withstand that um because there there is a breaking point and i feel like it is coming and it has come sort of people have actually started um to throw stuff you know into the streets um put bombs and stuff uh, just to retaliate you know and um, defend themselves as well and people have been um, especially young people they've been building barricades you know on the streets just to be able to save their people and um, just keep their neighborhoods safe, pretty much. This is reminding me a little bit of the Hong Kong protests. I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with that, but I mean, what, two years ago, right before COVID, really, um, at the end of 2019, essentially, beginning of 2020, we saw Hong Kong was was on their last legs, really trying to stand against this this Chinese takeover, and, and it inevitably did happen. And I'm I'm seeing kind of you know this this almost rhyme this echo almost of what we saw happen in Hong Kong are are these at all related in terms of the the sentiments this populist sentiment that maybe is is resonating through uh, Myanmar right now? I would say that in terms of solidarity, yes, you know, like um, the entire country is against this military. There's not a person that is for it unless you're inside the military itself. Um, or like, you know, working underneath the military regime. Um, for the most part, it's 100%. Yes, we want to take down this military. Like we're, we've had enough of it, 70 plus years already, you know, enough, enough is enough. Um, so in that sense, everyone's just really out here fighting for their freedom, for their basic human rights, you know, and for their democracy, a federal one. Exactly. This is what I have gathered from like, I since the coup started, I have talked to people from Burma that I've made friends with from like visiting Burma and stuff like that. So I've, I was talking talking to nine and Gen to it. From what I've heard from these like younger people that are in Burma right now, they just feel like they like their future and like their hope has been just, like ripped away from them. 
since like February 1st. They just feel like, you know, like I have so much plans to go to this school and I want so much plan to go travel and I have so much plans to, you know, do this with my family. You know, I have my sister, my biological sister is in Burma and I have a an, an, uh, niece who is about to go to 10th grade. 10th grade is like a very big deal in Burma, you know? And then everything is like, you just like take a remote and put a pause on it. Like all of their lives have been paused and not for like the better. It just like, they're like, what do we do from this point on? So basically they're fighting for their like their actual future. They're like the will to keep going. Yeah, well, I mean, and add on top of it, they just went through an entire year plus of probably society being shut down. I know here in the United yeah. States, right? We, we In some places, they're still shut down. So you do yeah. see, right, this overarching theme of people, this indefinite pause. And, and right now what's happening in, in Myanmar, it, it, it's heartbreaking. So I think as we're getting ready to, to uh, point towards the end of the show, let's talk to, to folks in terms of some action items and, and part of the way I approach my show is trying to paint a better future. And I know right now, the way I, <laughs> you set it up, there doesn't seem to really be too much of a better future for some folks there, but there are organizations out there, Jan Jan, you were hitting on nine, you were touching on it as well, that are, are starting to, to raise awareness to this. And I think raising up those organizations is, is super important. So jump ball in terms of helping guide the audience to where they can start to go ahead and support raising up awareness, number one, but number two, if there's anything in terms of raising money, fun, you know, so on and so forth, please jump ball, help us out. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I want to, to like hit on like, so that like, you were talking about CRPH and the new government that has brought about from because of the coups i want you to like i don't have that much knowledge of it but i want jen to hit on that a bit more before we get into the um the fundraisers and stuff like that that's okay with you absolutely yeah so um in terms of advocacy um globally we're asking for the world to just cut the cash cut the weapons and cut the impunity and recognize the national unity government also abbreviated as nug or the nug and um what this means is when we ask for people to cut the cash, we're asking for sanctions and not broad-based economic sanctions, but targeted sanctions that actually will hit the military and like their pockets. So far, the U.S. has um, been able to enact sanctions against uh, the gem industry, as well as MEC and MEL, which are the top two military conglomerates over there. Um, but there's more that can be done. And so we're advocating for sanctions to also be enacted upon um, other sectors like the Myanmar oil gas uh economic corporation or just oil and gas companies in general. Um, and we can do this by targeting Chevron, for example, which is uh, an American company that functions over there. And there are petitions, which I will be um, linking you guys to. Um, there's a petition on Chevron that you can check out on Action Network. Um, and it's available by, uh, I think it's um, underneath, what is it? Simon Billinus's um, international uh, ICR, International Committee um, or for the Rohingya. Or international, sorry, ICR. Um, Don't worry, because even yeah. even regardless, we're going to have the link in the show notes. So if it's just oh. easier for folks to so go ahead and look at their little smartphone and just click yeah. that little button too. So that link will be there. No worries. Perfect. And then on to the next advocacy asks, um, when we're asking for um, cutting the weapons, we're asking for countries to sign on to a unilateral global arms embargo. So ideally, this would have been done in the UNSC, but because there's China and Russia there, they're going to be vetoing, of course. And because of that, we um, have partners in the UK who actually already came out with this unilateral agreement that other countries can sign on to. And I don't know if you've been catching up with the news, but um, South Korea, for example, has signed on to this. And um, if you've heard that, you know, South Korea like is not 
dealing with arms anymore with Burma, that means that they've signed on to that unilateral arms embargo. So that's a result of that. And if we can get as many countries on board as possible, that would be amazing. So the way you could do that is also just petition your own countries um, to sign on to that. And then um, on the third advocacy ask, when we're asking for cutting the impunity, we're asking for, um, you know, a referral to the ICC. And what this looks like is it could, you know, go down in 10 years or so. It's going to be a long process. But nevertheless, it's always really good to still keep on the minds of people, you know, just to keep it on the agenda. Um, it's, it's in the, you know, it's going to be a long process, but it's worth just fighting for. And um, when we're asking for recognition for the NUG, we are asking for governments to literally just recognize it because this is something that actually can be done at the governmental level. And we do have higher level advocacy persons who are in contact with, you know, governments all around the world, um, just talking from government to government, asking them to, you know, what their inhibitions are or what their setbacks are for not being able to recognize. And it all comes down to the politics of it, which is really silly, but um, there's this you know, I'm sure you might have heard of it, like the notion of um, recognizing states, not governments, you know. And so what's happening right now is a lot of governments have not come out to recognize um, the NUG yet. The only country that has so far is um, to the Czech Republic. Other than that, no other countries are out yet. Um, so we're actively working on this and asking people to really just like, you know, petition um, the United States. Um, the United States already supports the NUG, so there's not much problem with that. But I think the only thing is like just letting other people know, you know, and all these other countries could really just get on board. Um, it's a matter of just doing that, you know. And at the end of the day, I feel like um, even though there's this notion of just, you know, accepting or recognizing states and not governments or who's in power, which is the military, that doesn't really matter because it comes down to the political will of the people, you know? So if there's a political will and you want your government to recognize the NUG, you can definitely by all means do that, you know? So just go ahead. And and the governments themselves have that authority and that choice to make as well. And um, it's also a matter of proving the NUG uh, as a worthy you know, body, as a, um, a government that is functioning and is capable of, um, you know, representing the will of the people. So that's also something that we'll be um, working on, you know, and uh, the energy itself is just going to continue to develop on with the support of other governments. So, yeah, it, it really all just comes down to international cooperation at the end of the day. This is literally all we're asking for. Nothing less. There you go, folks. Well, hey, unfortunately, we are already coming close to time. So I want to, to especially thank you guys for, for joining the show and raising awareness because this is a topic that is is so important. And right now, to your point, Jan, Jan, the United States has already been on board, but we can still raise awareness. I know there are tens of thousands of folks who listen to the show every week, and I look at those metrics, and they're all over the world. Granted, like 95% are here in the United States, but that 5% out there, especially if they're out in, in the greater Asian Pacific area, please do your part. Get involved and get aware. Start sharing this episode with folks. Please, it's important for us to raise awareness. And across the board, we'll include all the links we talked about here on today's episode in the show notes. Nine, Jan Jan, and Weya, thank you so, so much for joining us here on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Get ready to start your new morning ritual with our new sponsor, Mudwater. Coffee is one of America's favorite beverages, with more and more people starting their coffee habits every day with a cup of that flavorful anxiety juice. But let's be real. Have you ever heard anyone say, I'm working on getting more coffee into my life? Millions of people complain about the jitters that come from coffee consumption. Our morning coffee rituals can be habit-forming and, for some people, can make getting a good night's sleep almost impossible. And while nearly all of us like the smell, taste, and ritual of our morning coffee, why not explore eliminating the negative aspects of our morning brew? 
Well, what if your coffee replacement helped induce alertness, not dependency, improve mental capacity and function, improve physical stamina and performance, improve immunity and overall health? Oh, and by the way, it tastes good enough to drink every single day. Meet Mudwater. Mudwater is your fastest growing coffee alternative in the market, consisting of organic ingredients lauded by cultures both old and young for their health and performance benefits. With one seventh the caffeine of coffee, Mud gives you the natural energy and focus you expect from coffee, but without the jitters and crash. With an organic blend of mushrooms and ingredients like cacao, marsala chai, turmeric, lion's mane, and more, Mud Water offers a beverage like no other. Whether you want to enjoy it hot, cold, as a latte, or however you take your coffee in the morning, Mud Water is zero sugar, zero crash, zero jitter alternative, sure to leave you feeling recharged and refocused. Listen, I'm really excited to have Mud Water as a sponsor here on The Brian Nichols Show because I've been able to see the Mud Water difference for myself, and you can too, so click the link in the show notes to get some mud, support the show, and get your new morning ritual started right with Mud Water. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Weya, Janjan, and Nine. Thank you, all three of you, for joining the program, and thank you for helping raise awareness to what's happening over in Myanmar. This is so tragic and something that we need to be talking about more, uh, more really honestly and openly here in America. This is something that is not being talked about. We need to be raising up our voices, and, and that's something I think we have an obligation to do, especially when it's impacting real people right now. So, folks, do me a solid. Please go ahead and share today's episode with family and friends. This is a conversation that transcends politics. It transcends political leanings. It, it's a humanity issue. So please make sure the folks know what uh, is going on. We'll include all the links in the show notes uh, so you can go ahead and uh, support those over in Myanmar as well. So with that being said, folks, uh, what do we have coming uh, in store? Actually, before we get you know too far ahead, uh, a couple of housekeeping notes. Well, number one, the, the download numbers keep th- going up through the roof. And I'm referring to you guys downloading the new ebook. I, I guess you guys like it. I've been getting some good feedback. And what's this ebook I'm talking about? It's four easy steps you can implement now to sell liberty to friends and family. Who wrote it? Me. I wrote it. My new ebook. That's right. And uh, it's a free ebook for you. I will include that link in the show notes. But if you want to go ahead for the audio listener, it's briannicholsshow.com forward slash liberty friends ebook. And what can you learn? Well, you're going to learn how to maybe ask better questions, make sure we're covering the real problems and uncovering objections. There's a lot of great stuff you're going to learn. And if you get value from the ebook, I'm going to ask you to please go ahead to our Patreon and consider becoming either a $5 or $10 per month patron. You become an entry-level sales or account executive. Either way, though, I'm going to help you peak interest. And that's because every single new Patreon subscriber gets one of these awesome Don't Hurt People, Don't Take People Stuff bumper sticker. That's right. And... I know just from experience, it is definitely peaking interest here in the greater Philadelphia area because I've had people honking their horn, giving me thumbs up on uh, I-76, and I'm like, in Philly, of all places? I think people are waking up, folks. People are starting to look for something different, and if you want to help uh, join me in peaking some interest, by the way, we have some really cool plans coming up here, and uh, I, I mentioned this last episode as well. Folks who are in the uh, Patreon, please strap in. You'll be getting lots of info, lots of content coming down here in the next couple of weeks or so as we get things rolling. But I thank you for your support. Thank you for your patience. And I am so excited to show you guys where we're rolling because we. I know I I tease it in the uh, the little uh, about me. Are you ready to help change the world? No, seriously, are you? Because... 
This stuff works. Sales works. If you follow the methods that we're talking about over, not only here on the the Brian Nichols Show, but over on the Patreon, I promise you 1000% that you are going to help accomplish liberty in our lifetimes. You will make more people's lives better. Right now, isn't that better than pie in the sky conversations about who's the best economist and, and, you know, talk about non-aggression principles and property rights? Like, yeah, that's important, but is that going to help us get liberty in our lifetimes right now? Is your average person talking about that kind of stuff? Nope. So guess what? We're we're sh- we're changing the conversation. We're showing you over at the Brian Nichols Show Patreon how to have different conversations, how to pique interest in different ways. And folks, I would greatly appreciate you to to hop on board and and join along for the fun because this is just the beginning. And hey, I get it if you're like Brian. I love the show. I I, I just I can't do that right now. I can't make a five dollar, ten dollar per month. A contribution. I can't make that commitment. What can I do besides that? Well, here's what you can do. You can head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. It re- Really, it costs you zero dollars, and you can go ahead and do that, and your story of why you listen to The Brian Nichols Show or you watch the YouTube version here every single week, four times a week, that will tell people what value you're getting, and that will tell them what value they can get. So I greatly appreciate, if you cannot do the $5, $10 a month Patreon, head over to Apple Podcasts, give us that quick five-star rating and review. Coming up here on Wednesday, you know him from Young Americans for Liberty, he is one Eric Brakey, and he has joined the program. We're going to discuss all great things that Young Americans for Liberty is doing to help make Liberty win. By the way, they have a brand new executive director as well. We get to learn about that. And is the GOP the pathway for Liberty or is it the LP? I know we've heard that debate between Eric and Dave Smith. I'm going to go ahead and pick Eric's brain, play a little devil's advocate, but also, hey, I get it. I see the value for the GOP in terms of advancing Liberty. So we're going to have a great conversation to be had coming up here on Wednesday. So folks, Make sure you've hit that subscribe button so you're not missing a single episode. Hit that notification bell over on YouTube. But with that being said, folks, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Weya, Jane Jane, and Nine. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.